So uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to segue us over into the politics question. Is that okay to talk about, Jim? I just finished my glass. Now of that you finished. Now is the perfect time, Grant. <laughs> Let us talk about the ways <laughs> in which I have. Well, one of the things that you've. One of the things that you have related on the lightest form of flogging podcast is your journey in political thought. And you don't necessarily need to go into all that if you don't want to, but I'm curious if there are any parallels between kind of this, this journey from uh, one political party to kind of a political area where you're at. Well, or I see what you mean though. Yeah. Okay if there's any parallels between kind of your political journey and your worship journey? No, there isn't, but, um, well, maybe, uh, I, I'd say the most change in my life has occurred probably within the last five or six years where I just coasted in my twenties and I was like the same guy and thought the same way and never saw a reason to change anything and how I understood anything. Um, and that all just started to change. I think that's just <laughs> that's just maturity. <laughs> Not that it, I mean, I, it, it, it's occurring for me in my thirties, just because it's a little bit too late. Uh, but hey, at least I'm there. No, I mean uh, politically, actually, the, the the political thing started. Actually, I can I can actually tell you exactly when it happened. I was the most staunch conservative Christian fundamentalist kind of guy you can think sean hannity rush limbaugh very standard conservative christian stuff very red white and blue kind of a flavor i'm struggling to describe it but i think you guys are picking up what i'm putting down ben well yeah ben shapiro-ish um and i voted for this was back in uh, george w those days Back in uh, the 2000 to 2008, his era is when that this was all happening for me. But it all kind of came crashing down around two years or about a year or two years into his second term. So I voted for him in 2004. And uh, that's what it was, yeah? Yeah, 2004. And I started to notice something very strange. That the Republican Party, uh, this is probably where I'm going to start to make people mad, but uh, I'm going to try to be, be succinct here. Uh, I didn't think they were who they said they were. I don't think they cared as much about fiscal responsibility as they claimed. They spend like you wouldn't believe. And they, they, they have been spending ever since. I don't think their fiscal responsibility is as strong as they like to, you to think. But what really, and, and I started to see that back then. That's when it started to really unravel. But it really came... It, it all came crashing down when I read R.C. Sproul's Holiness of God. And here's why. I learned something about how to define holiness that finally um, removed the tether I had with just, you know, um, Christian conservative fundamentalism. Let's just call it that. Now, I still like Ben Shapiro. I, I, I don't listen to Sean Hannity anymore because... There's no real point in it, especially now. Um, but I learned that the kingdom of God transcends, and this is my opinion, transcends this current political climate that we're in. This is just a blip in history. 
and the kingdom of God and the concerns of God when it comes to his kingdom, how he sets it up, how it is, um, how it is maintained in its future, to me, finally transcended above these my earthly political stance. Now, that's not to say that it doesn't matter or our political leanings don't have any eternal consequence. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I finally stopped carrying water, which is a phrase I've used before, and I think it's really apt to what changed in me. I stopped carrying water for the Republican Party. So what that means is I stopped doing everything I could to ensure its survival, which in my opinion, this is just me, I think if I were to point at a fault of American Christians when it, of this flavor, it's I think they're carrying water for the Republican Party or the GOP or conservative or the flag. The flag is, you know, the flag belongs in the church, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's the, 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 the kingdom of God and our political situation well, go hand in hand. In some senses, they do, but that's really all. That, that's really what happened. I started seeing the kingdom of God is transcending these things, these theological things that I started to learn about and really start to grasp onto. Just started to do this. I'm doing it on camera. I know this is a podcast, Jim, not a not a live stream, but uh, my uh, my views of the kingdom are elevating. And my views of this current political state that we're in started going lower. They still matter, but I don't think they're as important as something that's much, much bigger. So I hope I'm making sense, but uh, that all s happened somewhere in my 30s. <laughs> I think this was around five or six years ago that I finally shed it, and it's gone forever. But now, to Grant, to answer your question, I don't think it's as related to like when we were talking earlier about how I view the Psalms differently, that was as a result of a low point in my life and kind of having this, this new understanding through a friend of mine and my political, uh, here's how I, here's how I say it. I don't, I'm, I, I guess I could still say I'm, I'm largely conservative with my political views, give or take a few things. I'm a little weird in some areas, but I love the label of independent. Like if someone were to ask me, with a gun to my head, okay, what, which party? And I would say, I'm an independent. That's what I would prefer to say. Because in order for a Republican to get my vote, they have to work a lot harder than they would a, a loyal follower. You know what I mean? So that's how it's changed for me. But as we all grow in life, eventually it happens for me. It just happened mostly in my mid-30s. Everything has just been changing for me. It's just I'm just growing older, growing in my understanding, growing in my sanctification. And I just annoy Republicans as much as I annoy liberals now. So that's great. Good for me. I like to say I pledge allegiance to a country without borders, without politicians, watching for the sky to get torn apart. That is a great I'm, – I'm adopting that today. I'm, here, someone get me a pen. I'm just going to write this down. It's from a switch, no, that makes sense to me, man. It's from a Switchfoot song. Okay. It makes sense to me. I used to listen to Switchfoot. Uh, sometimes, Jennifer Senior, you're just a beautiful letdown. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, you're, uh, I, I'm more the letdown here, but I, I do, I, I do wonder if this process of maturity 
hitting people like us in these times is why people like us start to podcast around this time. Yeah, there you go. Begin to realize, and that's kind of why I asked the question because I'm wondering if this sort of stuff happens all the time. And is this just, I don't know, is this, is this a midlife crisis? You know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not panicking. That's for sure. Uh, well, maybe that part comes later uh, yeah. after we realize that there is no great answer. Um, maybe we already have, I don't know, yeah. but where we begin to question everything about uh, life. Um, we're, yeah. we're kind of, you know, in college, through college, we're, we're the, we're, we, we've been educated. Um, and so yeah. we get out and we've Very been optimistic. educated. Out of that. I mean, I, I, I looked, I, I found some old notes from early on in my career meetings I was in. I was like, man, I'm, I can't believe people like worked with me. <laughs> Listen to me talk. <laughs> right. I feel the same way. Believe That's great though. That's great, Grant. I saw a, a tweet, uh, a tweet by somebody. It was a couple of years ago. They said, when you realize there were moments in your previous or uh, years ago where you said something and you now absolutely cringe and you feel just like you want to crawl into a hole, he said, you know what that is? It's sanctification. Well, Isn't that right? Goodness. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, those moments where you just want to, like, move to a, des- a deserted island because of something you said in a meeting one time, you're right. That was stupid to say, but you're it, you're growing because you do recognize it as awful <laughs> now, <laughs> and that's evidence of ongoing sanctification. So think of it that way, Grant. <laughs> that's why we started the podcast, Jim. That's right. That so you can now I can share all these life lessons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do you have any parenting advice, <laughs> you know, to pass these life lessons on to your own children? Uh, I'm not sure what to say, man. <laughs> no comment. Um, no, I, I've gosh, I don't know. I could never write a parenting Maybe book. I'll tell you that much. Right turn. I don't know. Yeah. But I wonder if there's something in, in our maturity and we begin to realize and we begin to see things in our own children that we saw in ourselves. And we want like anything to get that out of them because we know what we'll yeah. do. I will tell you this. When we come to that moment of clarity, when we realized, oh, wow, I used to be this way, and now I'm this way, and I'm glad, and I have all these kids, that realization is easier to, quote, unquote, realize than teach. Like the clarity of thought, the, 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 the sigh of relief that you are now no longer the person you used to be, that is all well and good, but it is quite another to teach it because what is our impulse right as parents we desperately want to um, deliver this lesson to our kids before they screw it up and i think that's an impulse we have rightly so right um but something that i've been thinking about lately is that i have been looking forward to the instances where my kids screw up and god willing i will be there to help them pick up the pieces so in other words i am enthusiastically looking forward to the opportunities where my kids can fail because I believe that is where the character comes, true character, versus, I should probably contrast this so I make sense, preventing your kids from experiencing pain or screw-ups, where, yes, you don't want them to feel the embarrassment or maybe even, like, devastation, but the character that comes out of um, learning through failure. 
is the thing that I have been thinking about when it comes to being a parent lately. So that's my answer. It's <laughs> a good answer. Handling their failure well. That's my parenting advice. Handle it well, folks. That's a, that's a good answer. My my oldest is, is nine, and so her biggest failing so far was falling on the roller skates and breaking an arm. So uh, she still is climbing trees and doing things that make me think, you know, she could really break her arm again if she were to fall. Yes. But, yes. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope to be able to help my kids through that situation better than I was helped through that situation for sure. Amen. I hear you there. 